0: lot of people talk about it like oh when I get big I'm gonna do this when I get big but it's like they don't finish the rest of the story it's like what comes before when I get big like what did you do what are you gonna do to get big
1: What's up, everyone? My name is Walt. I'm the host of Boss Locks. Now, if you're a day one listener, welcome back. And if you're a first time listener, thank you for joining us today. This is Boss Locks, a show where we are redefining professionalism, elevating black voices, improving proving and natural hair and professionalism do coexist. Now, we do this by speaking to Black leaders and CEOs to learn about their personal journeys and experiences working while Black. Now, we have a special guest today, but before I introduce him, I want to give a quick shout out to the latest members of the Boss Locks Village, that is Alexis Parker and Bill and Lisa Schultz. I want to thank you so much for supporting this journey, being a part of it Um, as an independent creative. You know, it's... Your support means a lot, a lot. But more on that later, because I have a guest I'm really excited to introduce to you all. Today, I have the honor and privilege of speaking to Dominic King. Dominic, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well this fine uh, sunny Saturday morning. What well, <laughs> <It's> have cold <laughs> all right. for me.
0: It's cold. You might call it sunny, but this is cold for me.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. We got the Florida boy in the building.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. This is pretty cold.
1: Yeah. Now, for those who do not know, Dominic, a.k.a. Rooster, is an artist from Orlando, Florida, who's using his creative talent to share her experiences and outlook on life with the masses via melodies and rhythm. And um, we this is I think actually, yeah, you're the third artist we've had come on the show. And I'm really excited to dive deeper into just the um, the life as a recording artist and just learn from your experiences and journey so far. And really excited to be one of the first, I hope, to interview you before you make it big, big. So I could always be like, yeah, I knew about him from the beginning. But but more on that later, you know, I have a bunch of questions for you. But the very first one I have for you is um, I want to know what are three things that most people don't usually know about you?
0: Well, um, it always changes because it's so much that I feel like it's a lot that people don't know about me. But to touch on the music thing. You know, I've been actually making music since I was in elementary school.
1: Like, oh, for real?
0: Yeah, like, in third grade, I started playing the violin.
1: For real?
0: Yeah, yeah, so it, it progressed, and I played that till I got to middle school, and then middle school, the first thing I played was the tuba. Then I jumped around. I got bored with the tuba. I played percussion. Then I played the trombone. Then I went back to the tuba, because... That was really, I loved it. But, you know, and then I got to high school and I just was like, it's band or football because you can't do both. You don't want to be one of them guys like trying to rent in the locker room and change clothes. <laughs> 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 so I just chose football, man. And then, yeah, that's how I started rapping more because I couldn't be a band. So I just put words instead of the music. to took less time.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. That's pretty cool. There's no it's funny, um, in third grade, that's when I actually I started playing the violin as well. Um, I had some students, the the Kane family, they were from Germany. They started going to our school and um, I think like, I don't know if it was like the first week or so, but they just came and did their little performance of the violin. I was like, oh, what's that? What? Oh, I was like, yeah, let me try that. <laughs> I could do
0: that. I could
1: do that. Yeah, I did it. Not well, but I did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, See, you got it in you too then, you know, you started early. Yeah.
1: Started early, yeah. And I think um the only other in- well, two other instruments. I played the piano for a little bit, and then the bass guitar. I miss playing the bass a lot. But um, the piano mix. Yeah, that's why I got the keyboard in the back. I keep it there for peer pressure, so everyone sees. So <laughs> I really gotta, I really gotta step to the plate. So for everyone watching, listening, next time you see me, ask me how how's that piano going. I won't have a good answer for you, but it's gonna be good encouragement. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> But um <laughs> yo, that that's really interesting. So you really um not only started because I feel like a lot of us we start playing instruments early in life, but you know, then life just happens and we just go by the other ways. But you didn't just stop. You went from violin to tuba, all these different instruments, and then just like, yeah, let me start um writing, using my words as instruments. So that's pretty dope. But what, what was that like a conscious decision to start um making music, or did it just kinda happen?
0: I think that was more so, like, I just, I had, like, a lot of privilege, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I was able to be in activities and be in these extracurricular things,
1: no? Mm. You
0: know, so versus, you know, some of my peers wasn't able to do some of those things. So me being able to have access to go ahead and be in band and stay up to school and have transportation and have funds to go on the band trips and do all that stuff.
1: That allowed me to, you know, further myself and get more in depth with it. I like that. You know, I think, um, yeah, Veronica Jacobs, Ronica Jacobs, I was speaking to her about Black privilege. And I think that's a topic that, um, or just a thought, an idea, a concept that a lot of people haven't really grasped just yet. Because, of course, we think about white privilege and here, Black privilege. And it's like, no, we don't have that. What? No, that's, that's not real. It doesn't exist. Stop with that. But I think it's good to, point out, privilege, especially black privilege, because there are a lot of things that a lot of people can't uh, or don't have access to. But there are a lot of little things. We look at little things, but just being able for me to play the violin, uh, for you to take part of these extracurricular activities, that is a big difference um, and as a factor as well. So that's pretty cool. Was that um, that something you wanted to do or was that like your parents were like, no, you're going to do this?
0: Nah, see, my mom, she played the clarinet. So, of course, she was like, Oh, you know, my baby is in the band. He played Cutting That. But my dad was like, Just do whatever you want to do. I, and I'm going to, you can do whatever you want to do, and we're going to make sure you wanna, you can do it. But if you want to do something, just do what you want to do. But naturally, I loved music. Like, just, I always loved music. So, when I started being in band and stuff like that, and then when I started to get older, and I started to actually like, because. Even though I started in like second, third grade with the violin, middle school, like sixth or seventh grade, that was like the first time I actually like wrote my own rap and put it to words. So once I was doing that, yeah. Once I did it like that, it wasn't even about like, oh, school anymore. It was like, okay, I could do this anytime. I could do this anywhere. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even about money. Like even to this day, I don't even rap for for money. I just rap for like, because I love to do it. I love to make music. So I think that's what kept me going. That's what pushed me further that way.
1: Like, Interesting. Do you remember the first rap you wrote?
0: <laughs> I I kind of remember bits and pieces, but I tell you what, I'm gonna get my little brother, Jaden, to rap it to you because he remembers it.
1: Oh, we did that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I like I remember like bits and pieces, but I always fumbled over because I wrote it. I was like probably like. 12 years old like, mm. that was my first rap ever so my little brother but i ain't gonna lie that's the funniest thing to me because he he says it like perfectly and when he spits it it, it reminds me of when i was a kid i'm like bro he says it just like how i said it. how the hell did you get my stuff down pat like that
1: <laughs> And that's what's up so it wasn't like bad it was actually like it was pretty decent
0: yeah it was pretty decent me and my friends we had it was I had two other friends, you know. My name is Dominique, so I had my friends Devin and DeAndre, and we had a little rap group we made called Three D. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like like, you know, we all rode the school bus together, so we would get on the bus and everything, and be like, you know, we Three D, you know, listen to us spit, bro. So we're on the bus, we riding the school. If we're spitting, you have no choice but to hear us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shout out to the first fans or first listeners. Shout
0: out, yeah, shout out to all y'all, my first fans. You know, they got some good shows going.
1: So, <laughs> for free.
0: So, so really, if I see them, even though shout out to them, I need that. I need that. Them ticket sales back then because mm-hmm. I, I never got paid for those. But
1: interest, interest racking up.
0: Yeah, it's definitely racking up.
1: Yeah. So, how did the name Rooster come to
0: fruition? Oh, okay. So. Like I was saying, I I later in life, like after, because when I was younger, you know, I was in school and stuff. You know, I was doing good in school and stuff like that. And then as I got older, I just became like this more like more older version of myself. But I was getting into a lot of things. And my nickname on the like everybody used to call me like Rudy, Little Rudy. You know what I'm saying? And then I never forget one day um one of my uncle's friends, Tiki, she was like, You so country, you so country, you like a little rooster. And then all my friends was like right my well not all my friends, my best friend Black was right there. And then my uncle J was right there and they was like they started laughing at first. They was like, Oh yeah, it ain't no more Rudy. ain't no more Rudy. you rooster, nah, you know. <laughs> it was like a joke at first, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then, literally after that, I I never heard none of them call me Rudy ever again. They just used to. Oh, everyone's on the same
1: page, like it's rooster for real now.
0: Rooster, like that's just what it was. They everybody was rooster, and then rooster turned into Roo. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna just use that as my rap name. You know, cool. I were.
1: That's what's up. Yeah, I know. Um, shout out to my VI people, but I had a similar experience. But um, during practice, someone, I think, yeah, no, my coach was like, oh, well, these are real tough cookie. And then um, <laughs> my friend Juan, he's just like, tough cookie. And like the rest of the practice, he'd be like, tough cookie, pass, tough cookie. Yeah. <laughs> then Everyone else on the team started a tough cookie or cookie monster, then cook, and then it just kind of transformed. Everyone at school just knew me as cookie, but. Hey, that's great. Yeah. Do, you, do you like cookies at least? Oh, I love cookies. Chocolate chip cookies, yo. Okay, Someone so gave me Oh, it's worth it. It's worth it. It fit. It fit. Love it all. <laughs> to kind of go back to the music scene. So, like, what? I think from the outside world, I don't think anyone really looks for artists from Florida. Really like that, but obviously, I think that everywhere there's definitely a music scene, just the world doesn't necessarily know about it yet. So can you kind of explain or kind of share with us like what it's like being an artist in Florida?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I definitely agree with that. Like, I don't feel like people are like, oh, let me just find a Florida artist right now. Even though there is like a spotlight on a certain part of Florida, you know, like, and that spotlight is only looking at a certain type. You know, that spotlight has a filter on it. You know, so it's like, yeah, we're looking at Florida, but we only want this type of content from Florida. We don't want to we don't want to hear about the real stuff. We don't want to hear about the conscious stuff. We don't want to hear about, you know, anything positive or anything other than the mold that we have designed for the world to hear that's from Florida cuz most of the time when you hear about like think about if you get on social media right now and the post says Florida man you automatically expect us some foolishness. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that's what the media wants in our music from us as well. Oh, really? You know, if you're a Florida artist, I'm expecting you to have, like, some, you know, some foolishness because I'm already expecting Florida to be wild. Like, if you're from Florida and you're not talking crazy, I'm not going to respect you. Mm. That's how the media is. But I see it different, like, that's why my music, I'm like, bro, I have to push a different wave. You know, that's why I have to push my music in a different market because it's like, I don't want to be put in that category of like, oh, this dude only makes this type of music or this dude only makes, you know, this savagery type of music. But I really try to make something to like push a different narrative. Like, hold on, like, okay, yeah, we come from this environment, but this is how we feel about it or this is our perspective on it. We're not doing this because we want to. We're doing this because we have to. There's no other option.
1: Hmm. Do you ever feel like you should be making more like what people expect just as far as like, because I think there's a, I think there's a lot of ways to make it. And obviously there's some ways that are probably easier than others, especially if that's like what people are expecting from you. But do you ever feel like you should have more songs that kind of fit that narrative?
0: Nah, because I have like guidance and stuff like that mm. people that i go to for guidance and i know that the route that i'm taking is going to be a longer road you know it's going to it's going to take a, a longer time to get where i'm trying to go but it's going to be more you know fruitful at the end of that road versus if i go ahead and jump on this wave and jump on this narrative that's what i'm gonna be that's what i'm gonna be labeled as even though that's not really me and I'm not really gonna prosper from that
1: because of that, like because that's just not me. Like right? if I try to be something I'm not, ain't nothing good gonna come from that. Hmm. Yeah. One thing, um, I know I've noticed it listening to your music, but you also kind of spoke to off mic or, um, just about how you kind of make a conscious decision not to, really. I want to say necessarily like promote but just really to kind of talk about violence in your music um can you speak to a little bit like why you don't do that
0: yeah man like i just don't like to project bad stuff on people like if i don't believe in it i'm not gonna project it over if i feel like it's not the right thing to do or if i feel like Like, for example, you know, in my meantime, even though I'm an artist, you know, I'm working on my my music career, I'm still a father. So in my day-to-day life, you know, I'm going to do what I have to do to protect my family. So I might give you an example in my music on how to protect your family because that's the stuff that I do on my day-to-day basis. But I'm not going to tell you or give you no advice on how to go. Do anything to put your life in jeopardy or do anything to put somebody else's life in jeopardy because that's not what I do on a daily basis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? So I think that's why I don't bother. about violence. Like I just don't like to like when you get on social media, it's so much, it's so much negativity on social media. Like there's no there's literally like nobody's pumping like the positive button. Like, it's like they got a big bowl of social media and they're like, Positivity and then they like take the big bucket of like negativity and they like <laughs> they like <Hey>, more of <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> you know I mean? Like where's the rest? They need we need more negative posts now. You know, that's how it is. Like they don't but they done programmed us to need it. If they would have programmed us to need positive energy, we wouldn't be like we wouldn't be interested into the negative stuff that they're posting, but because we're programmed to want the negative stuff, we're programmed to want the violence, because we hear it in the music, we see it on TV. You know what I'm saying? So now when we get on social media, I'm seeing it two other ways. I need it, I need it in this other way, too.
1: Hmm.
0: But if you change the programming, if it's like, okay, if I change the programming with my music, it's like, when you listen to me, you hear positive music. When you come to my Instagram, See positive posts. When you see me on television or you see me in a podcast, you get positive energy. So now you're changing your whole program. And so when you get on social media and you see some negative, you go like, "I don't want to watch this. I don't want to see this." You know, it's just you got to change your program. Hmm.
1: You think people subconsciously kind of crave negativity or like struggle or some type of us like just stuff that don't make us feel good. You think that's kind of like we kind of want to see that
0: yeah they definitely want to see that because it like some people thrive off of it you know like they need it that's their programming like they they have no other choice like they fiend off of it and they can't get it like they have it in their own life so they can't get it anymore in their own life so they need to like they need an outside source of it so it's like if you got something good going on you'd be like hey I got a new job they're gonna be like oh, but it's only paying you such and such. It's like, hey, but I got a new job. Uh you, like, damn, okay. You know what I'm saying? Those type of people, you know? So right. You have to, like, separate yourself and get around people that be like, hey, man, I'm about to buy a new house. Oh, man, that's great, man. You're doing, you doing good, bro. That's great. Keep going. I'm going to be the first person there to help you fix something. Those are the type of people you got to surround yourself with, bro. You know?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I think, um, yeah, I remember when I was younger, I was working at this soccer dome and someone asked me, like, like who was playing that night. They were like, yo, when are you going to get a real job? I was like, what do you mean? I'm getting paid. This, is, this isn't this is like a volunteer thing. He's like, no, when are you going to get a real job? I'm like, Man, job. I was like, no, I got a job. I'm getting paid. I think people really look down on certain professions or career choices. Like, um like someone working at a gas station, someone be like, "Oh, that's not a real job or anything." But that's really like a start of a really dope career, or just like if you're getting paid enough, being able to take care of what you need, to take care of. That's and you're happy. I feel like that's all that's really needed.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. well, you don't even know that maybe that dude at the gas station, maybe, maybe his plan is to own a gas station. So maybe he said, "You know what? I'm gonna work at this gas station for a year, stack up ten, fifteen thousand dollars." And then put a down payment on the gas station. I'm getting my own gas station. But I need to know how this gas station works first.
1: Right. Because yeah. I don't know how to say, like, oh, the pump's not working. Let me go ahead and make it work. Like, I don't know that. So I couldn't just jump in and do that. You really do have to put in that time.
0: Yeah, bro. There's certain businesses that, like, if you want to own them, like, if you want to franchise that business, they make you work there for a full year. Right. So, like, you could be the owner of, a you know, a major fast food corporation. And they're making you work there for one full year. And, you know, people looking at you like, oh, this fast food worker, they don't even know you own the place.
1: I'd like to welcome you all to join me in the Boss Locks Village. It's a way for you to directly support me and the show as we continue to reach new growth. The thing is, I need help. And, I mean, there's a lot that I can do, but your support will empower me to take this podcast to a new level. So if you're not driving... Go ahead and take a second to click the link in the description and sign up to be a part of the Boss Locks Village. Let's grow together. One thing I'd like to ask everyone, and since we're already on the topic, I if we want to ask you this as well, but um what does uh, professionalism mean to you? I
0: think professionalism means you no know, to like you say, to me. Yeah,
1: no no <laughs> wrong answer. <laughs>
0: Because, you know, I know somebody might kill me, but to me, man, professionalism just means you gotta be like, you can be professional in your day-to-day life. Like, that's how you should be at work, but you shouldn't be as, like, have as much leisure as you would. Like Some people think professionalism is like, oh, I gotta be super uppity, I gotta... no that's not professionalism that's just something totally different you have to just be the person that you're supposed to be you know be dependable be accountable like be a a great being a a great human being being an ideal human being is professionalism like you just have to be that person that you the ideal person that you can be
1: i like that i like that i don't think anyone's going to come for you for that
0: (laughs) Cause I know some people feel like you know, you know they they feel like you could be a a, a jerk, but as long as you got on a suit and tie, you're professional.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, he's just doing his job. No, that's not being professional. Right. You, you got the uniform on. Just because you got the uniform on, and just because you you fit in this box of an image, that don't make you professional. You could be professional. With a t shirt and sweatpants on, but you could still be a professional.
1: That's right. We had someone on um, episode 20, 28, I believe. Yeah, 28. And um, you were saying, like, he never ever wants to wear a suit again. Like, he shows up to things, like, with a hoodie sometimes, just because, like, that's. Yeah. And I think that's, I I love that because I think, like, we, we focus so much on the suit and tie image when reality like me a the suit and tie that's gonna limit me from being able to do certain things like if i'm working in like an oil field it's not gonna be professional for me to show up in a suit like that like that's that's gonna be very limiting you
0: uh, know yeah i work in a negative 20 degree freezer come on what i'm gonna do this
1: so it's not gonna, help. not gonna help yeah oh that's actually another thing i wanted to ask you so i think um and this isn't just in regards to music, but just being as a creative as well, I think a lot of people struggle with pursuing their passions while still having their job, a quote, unquote, nine to five. So I'm curious to um, hear from you, like what, as you continue on this journey, like what are your feelings as far as balancing that passion, that creative passion, but still showing up when you need to to your the day job?
0: Well, for me, Mm. I think, I treat my myself as like a business, you know. So, I look at it as like, you know, working my 9 to 5, working my career, that's me bringing in revenue to the business. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I look at it. So, it's like, if there's things that I want to do in all of my other line of businesses, whether it be my music, whether it be you know, my personal business endeavors, or whether it be Work, I have to bring income in those, you know, some kind of way. So it's like, okay, if you want to invest in your music career, you want to be a, a big multi million dollar selling artist, you got to invest money into yourself. So you have to go ahead and do some other things and bring that money in. You got to treat yourself like a business. You got to, the business got to get paid.
1: I feel that young hove in the making. <laughs>
0: I just that's just how I, I treat it, man. You know, I feel like it's a lot of people who who are out there that do it too. They just probably don't don't word it that way, but you know, you just gotta treat yourself like a business, like man. You know, you, you always in the meeting, man. Oh me? Yes, yeah, yeah. You the, business, the <laughs> business gotta make money. The business gotta keep keep moving. That's true. You know, if I got time to stand still. If I'm the business and I got time to sit home and stand still, that means the business isn't making money right now. So I need to find something to do right now. Mm. So that's how I treat it.
1: I feel that. So um, another question I have for you in regards to that, I think it's interesting is being an artist. I feel like there's only so many ways. This is me as not an artist, but only so many ways to make money. Like obviously the direct way is to not put your music on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever title, but to just put it up on a private site and you have to pay to get to it. And I'll be honest, I can't say whether that's a good or bad thing. I know it definitely limits you on who listens, but at the same time there's a whole other side of it where you can really build a private community like that. But for you, uh, someone who does put their music out on the streaming platforms, like, what? how do you feel about having... I guess making money as an artist. Like the different ways to do it. Like what what's your um approach to it? A-
0: yeah, I, I apply the same concept of like being a business to it. You just have to at this day and age, like the private like you say with the private stuff is cool. But with this day and age, you just have to be accessible. And as long as you're accessible and creative, you'll know, make money, you can create revenue. So for me with the streaming websites, if you it takes a you know, it takes a good amount of streams to get, you know, paid. But it comes, you know, it might take a while for it to build up or it might take, you know, three months to get paid. You might like you get paid three months late, you know, on it. So it's fine, it builds up. But in the meantime, if you treat yourself like a business, you can make more money, you can sell merchandise, you know, you can perform, you can do appearances, you know. There's so many other ways you can make yourself profitable. Like I, will, I'm, I got some stuff on. The, I, actually, I'll talk about it with you later. But <laughs> there's so much other ways that you can, like you know, make yourself profitable. You know, in this business. So you just have to be more creative, think outside the box, and then think inside the box as well. Like look at the same stuff that major labels do. What they're gonna do? They're gonna take you. Essential to them, a nobody, and they're gonna pump pump a bunch of money into creating a brand for you. They're gonna make an image for you, they're gonna put a bunch of marketing dollars into you, create merchandise, create this like product of you that they can sell. And you know, that's they're gonna buy your likeness. They're not they don't care really so much about the music, the music is just something to bring them to the product, Like, Mm. like Walmart, their store. Is their music, and inside of that store they have everything that you want.
1: Interesting. That's interesting.
0: An artist is the same way. Like me, Rooster. Um, that's my store. Inside of Rooster, there's so much other stuff you can get. You can get music, you can get video, you can get, you know, lifestyle, you know, all type of stuff. Hmm.
1: So it's not just a building. that will come, just put the music out and just chill. You know, the cut for people just to do stuff. You really got to kind of be out there. For people to see your face, yeah. and you have to be that Walmart building.
0: If you're going to be independent, yes.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So it's good
0: it for you, but don't don't do that. Don't do what? Go to the label. Why is that? Just if you if you don't have any leverage, don't go to the label. A lot of artists I feel like they sign with no leverage, and then they get to a point to where they have that leverage that they should have had when they signed, and then they're talking to the label like, Oh, I'm on a bad deal. It's like you had no leverage when you signed the deal, so it's not a bad deal you signed it.
1: Don't sign with no leverage, you know I've never heard that um someone speak about it like that that's um. A rooster original don't sign without leverage. So, uh, th- I think that's so interesting because, like, I think the most recent example, mainstream example of like a bad deal was with Make the Stallion, and just like I don't even know the details. Grand thing, I think it's still being worked out, but we don't know the details of what happened with her label. Yeah, just know, at the beginning of the year, she was like in tears on Instagram Live, like they they're not letting me do that, and I was like, huh. But and I think that's something that a lot of record labels. Um, honestly this is across the board, but especially like in the black community or people who just don't have experience in this or that. Just kind of say, like, yeah, here's this, it's gonna change your life, just sign here and it's all good. But um don't sign without leverage. So what what leverage does someone have when they're just starting out and they need, they're still trying to find money to put food on the table and stuff? Like what what does leverage look like?
0: For that person? Leverage for them is, you need to build up your fan base. You need to start dropping out singles. You need to start dropping songs that you're not gonna get paid for.
1: Mm.
0: You know, what I mean, you need a fan base. You need to have uh, merchandise. You need to start legalizing yourself. So go ahead and like get an LLC. Get like you know, get stuff like that. So that way, you when it's time for you to go to a label. You can show them like hey i'm already profit uh, profitable and at this rate you know last year i had zero sales you know i'm up my sales are up you know 60 percent every three months you know you, you gotta have you know some stuff to show them like hey i'm already on the course to make this money that you're offering me i need more than that hmm. but if you just want to look at most people they make music and then they get a deal offer and they're like oh I'm not da da, da da because I gotta sign this deal because they haven't done any work to say to create leverage. It's like if you popping and you got and your song has a million views why did you sign the deal? Why didn't you create tea? like something as simple as creating t-shirts and selling shirts so you made a million dollars off a t-shirt and now you can tell them like hey hold on I made a million dollars already by myself. How are you gonna offer me a
1: Hmm. That, um, that reminds me of two things. Well, actually a lot of different things. Yo. That was really good advice. Um, I think the first one is when I heard Charlemagne God talking about not letting someone come on the breakfast club. Cause they were saying, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing something, but I mean, you're, you're not hot yet. You're not, there's nothing like no one knows who you are type of thing. And I, I always keep that in mind. Cause it's like, okay, as I'm building this or that, I need to be in the position where someone like The Breakfast Club actually wants me to come on. Not, let's say, I need them, but we, we kind of help each other. Yeah. Pop. I think that's something with the record label people don't always think about. is like, they need their investments to work because they're trying to make money. They're not trying to change their life. They're trying to make money. Yeah.
0: It's like, like, even what you say with The Breakfast, with the breakfast Club, you could tell the difference in the interviews when the person that came on there asked to be there or, or needed to get there versus the interviews where they wanted that guest to be there. You can, the questions and everything are totally different. It's utmost respect, you know, they're, they're letting you speak, they're letting you get it off. But when you like, you can tell the people that was like, Oh, I gotta get on the breakfast club, and then they get there and it's like, they clowning them the whole time. They're like, "Why y'all not? Why y'all don't treat me like such and such? Why y'all don't treat me like this and that?" It's like, "Cuz you're not there yet."
1: Mm. That's a good point. And I definitely you could tell because like they had those 15 minute interviews and then the five hour interviews too. <laughs> Big difference.
0: Birdman had to have the shortest interview. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: One of the most legendary ones too.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, man. Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have some leverage, and that's in any business, not just music industry. That's like, if you're selling your company, and you have no leverage, and you're like, you're going to your, your the people you're selling, and you're like, oh, I just need to sell it. I need to get out of it. Da 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 they're going to offer you the lowest possible cuz they know you just need the money but if you're going to be like, "Hey, my business is doing this, da da da, it's selling good." You know, you got to sell it. You know, you got to make it look good. You got to have, create some leverage. And then they'll be like, "Well, I want the business, but I got to pay top dollar for it." And they're going to have to pay top dollar.
1: Mm. Very true. So, what are some of the things you're working on to build leverage for yourself?
0: Right now, I'm doing a lot of groundwork. Like, I'm going, going back to the basics and doing, the, uh, like you know, like the, I'm on my mixtape level. I'm still working on my album right now, though, but I'm probably not gonna release it until like 2021 sometime. Mm. But But um, I'm dropping like you know a lot of singles right now, probably about a single a week, just to create you know some buzz, create my fan base. You know, I'm making a lot of doing a couple shows. I've been trying to chill on the shows a little bit, though, because of COVID. It is real. So, you know, I pick, I pick and choose what shows I want to do. But mainly my grind is, like, social media, you know, advertising, billboards, you know. And Right now I'm working on getting, like, you know, some street team together so I can actually, like, go out and do the groundwork that I need to do to build mm. some more buzz for myself.
1: So what's the street team look like in, like, now, because I know back in the day, you like you had to have that, it's like how else are people going to find out about you? But now we have the internet, so I've always thought about the concept of a street team today, but I don't even know what it would look like. So, what what are some of the things you look you're thinking of as far as like this the street team?
0: See, for me, because I would love, I want to be a part of it. I don't want to just outsource it. Mm-hmm. My ideal street team would be, you know, a uniformed unit of people that. During the night, they take over the city, and when people wake up in the morning, that's all they see consistently. Every time you out and about, you see the same image consistently, and they make sure that that's going to happen every every day of the week. But, you know, on the weekends, of course, when people are out and about, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, when people are in the clubs, it might be a show on Wednesday or whatever. You know, you out in the parking lot tearing the parking lot down you got posters on the on the poles stuff on people's cars just you want people to get familiar with your face because if you see me the first time you might look me up you see me twice you're probably gonna look me up but if you start seeing me three or four times you're gonna be like hey, what is this
1: hmm you know <laughs> the first thing i thought of we started talking was like uh, organized flash mobs. So together, you just bring a bunch of people to dance to your songs, it's like Let's
0: do it, guys, Come On." <laughs> yeah, no, not not that big. Maybe like four or five people, but you know, we just go from spot to spot, tagging it up.
1: I feel you. That's a good point, actually, because you know they say it takes like anywhere from eight to twelve and beyond times for someone to hear something, see something before they make the sale. Like, rarely do people actually buy on that first time. Like they really have to, um, and if they do, they're really, I think that salesperson is probably building on shared experiences and stuff like that. But people really need to hear about it a couple of times before they even like go to listen or buy. Like I even know this podcast, like just always try to bring it up to people because I'll tell them about the first time. Like, okay, word, that's what's up. So the second time, okay, cool. It might be the seventh time. Like, oh, you know what? Let me go check it out for real like and that's not you no know, like hate or anything I, I do that myself like i'm not always gonna check something out the first time I really gotta see it and hear it multiple times for even to think about it oh no i need to i need to see it
0: <laughs> <laughs> i feel you because i'm guilty of it because i'm an artist like you know i'm more inclined to listen to someone
1: mm-hmm. but
0: for the most part it takes me a while i'm like uh, all right i I've seen it five or six times now let me just go ahead and check it
1: yeah. I feel like it's human nature too. So it's not even like I think a lot of people are like, man, no one ever listened to me supported by yo, like there's only so many hours in a day, like there's a lot. And you everyone got has Yeah.
0: Yeah, my it takes time. It, it's not no like it's not it's not overnight, man. It takes a long time. First, you have to get your, your product right. Like it took me a long time because I wanted to get my product right first. I want mm-hmm. to make sure everything I put out was like you know, it sound how I want it to sound, you know, how I want it. Once I got my sound together and I got the way that I make music down pat, then it's time to, like, market, and do all that stuff to create buzz. because a lot of people rush into it and then they're like, why am I not having any success? It's like, you got to take your time with it and really perfect it. Mm-hmm. It's a
1: Good slow point. grind. It's a slow grind. I feel you. That's so. Sad. so I see I see you've mentioned this a couple of times in different ways, the whole like longevity aspect of it. Like of course, like and I think the same with signing a deal, that's great for right now, but that might not last, It might not work out in the end, but taking time to build that business, you For real, man. Yeah. For real. Because you can
0: you can get anything you want, you just gotta put the time in it. Like anybody that like if you look at like anybody that you look up to. And you'd be like, oh, how did you do it? How did you get there? And I'll tell you the same thing. It took me a lot of hard work. So why, skip, why try to skip all the hard work?
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: do the hard work and you know you'll get the result. Don't try to find a shortcut because you're going to go through 10, 20 shortcuts and you could be halfway through your hard work already.
1: True. That's actually a real good point because I know like sometimes it feels like we gotta do all these extra things just to make it pop this one time. But in that time of trying to come up with these all these get rich quick things, could have been like halfway through what you need to do. Exactly. That's real good word. So, what I want to ask you, it kind of ties into the longevity and thing because when I hear your music, it doesn't sound like it took you the day to write it. But you're just saying you're about to start trying to drop a new song every week. So like. How long does it really take you to write a song?
0: You want to know the truth, man.
1: I want to know the truth.
0: I freestyle all that stuff. I didn't. I don't write any of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For real? (laughs) Is he really out here like young ho? Just not. I don't write it down. Just go.
0: I don't write it down. I don't write nothing now. I like every now and then though, like if I'm if I have one of those days, bro, where I just need like you know what, I got it right now, or if I feel a song and, like I have a song and I really feel like okay, this is a hit, like and it comes in my head, I'll write it down. But for the most part, I'll just get in the mood, I'll get in my, my, my mood, my mode of making music, and then I'll just put the beat on, and then I'll like go through it, spit cut it
1: like
0: okay next hmm next but I'll have kind of in my head like what's on my mind I won't necessarily have the bars yet I won't have the lyrics yet but I'll just have like what's on my mind like this is what I'm talking about
1: It's like a stream of consciousness Mm
0: -hmm.
1: interesting hmm so I think I think that's also something interesting I don't know if you realize it or not but I think um I forgot who said it. So I'm just going to credit Jay-Z for it because I like to give him (laughs) his props. But you're saying like you really have to find out what your creative process is. Like that time when you did something amazing, you got to really intentionally kind of document like what were all the different stimulus and everything that took to create that moment for you. Because I know like writer's block um even for me like I don't always do a lot of riding but just the creativity isn't always there so I kind of have to find that system that gets me to where I need to be like with each episode I kind of try to do like the similar things step by step to prepare to actually go in it because there's something about when you find that that mode then you can really do everything so is that something you just like consciously do like okay I gotta do this gotta listen to this dah, 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 before I really jump in and just freestyle something?
0: I think it's more so like, for me, my my music making process is like out. In order to get in the mode of making music, you know, I cut the music on. You know, I, I make it to where you know it's not so bright. To where I am, you know, I just kind of relax for a second, just listen to the music. You know, I'm. You know, I might get on my, my my little section. How you know, just just vibe out for a little while then I'll think about, like, I'll try to sit back and I'll try to tap into, like, if there's anything that's been bothering me recently, it's usually right away, you know, i already have something to go, but, like, while I'm sitting, if I don't have nothing, like, already prepared to go off of, I'll sit back, I'll vibe for a little bit, and I'll just, like, think back to, like, things that I really felt like I should have spoke on. Mm. Like, like, if I felt like, you know what, I should have addressed this let me address
1: this. And that's how I make music. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. So I want to transition into um, your natural hair journey in a second. But another question I have for you when you think about yourself and you think about longevity, uh, building the leverage, and just everything that it takes to be where you want to be, I'm wondering like, um, let's say 10 years from now, what do you envision your life to be?
0: Ten years. Let's see. You know, I'm a father, so I gotta think about it like that. Like, okay, my baby will be. <laughs> Got to. My. my
1: daughter
0: will be like twelve. So. Let's see. Ten years from now. I, I probably just want to be like. At my like, my LeBron James level a success game. Like, I want to be at my, like, at my peak. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll probably be like 30, I'll be like 35, 36. So, like, that's when I feel like I want to be at the, my most dominant moment in life. Like, just, like, in 10 years, I just want to be, like, you know, at my peak. They look back at my stats, they're going to be like, yeah, he was he was good at 25. He was good at 26. But in, at th- after this time, his, his performance is through the roof. You know, if, if I was a basketball player, that's how they would describe it. <laughs> I
1: feel you. I like that a lot, LeBron James
0: level. <laughs> you feel me? That's how I look at it. Like, that that Kobe Bryant level, like, that just Mamba mentality. Like, I feel like I'm already becoming into that level. Like, I, I've already – like, I can sit back and witness, like, okay – when I was younger, I seen myself, like, all the stuff I did to lead up to this. And I'm like, the person I am now versus then, I see where I'm headed. And I love it. You know what I'm saying? I got that, you know, I'm getting that that, that real deal mama mentality.
1: I feel you. So in 10 years, do you see, still see yourself making music?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to stop making music.
1: All right, so this really is a passion for you.
0: Yeah, it's therapy, man. I don't... I <laughs> I made a song where I, I said, like, I don't... I, I said, This is not the bar, but in so many words, I would say, speaking on how I don't go to therapy, and the reason I don't go to therapy is because I vent on my music, so if a person wants to find out what's wrong with me or what's going on in my life or right? the shit that I've been through, you don't have to ask a psychiatrist and just go to my damn music. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel, you know, like what's wrong? You don't know what's wrong. You must not listen. You must not listen. <laughs> so they're all in track twelve.
0: Yeah, but I hide it. I hide it though in melodies and rhythms, and my songs are so like you know, like catchy. Like oh, you know, you might be singing along and not even realizing. Like damn, this is sad. Mm. But you just like oh. You know? So that's how I get it out. I Like, if I'm really going through something, I'll just put it in the song, make it really catchy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah.
1: I feel you. I have one other question for you uh, about music. What, who? Hmm. All right. No order, but who are your top five? <laughs> like, I can't have you on. Like, I actually feel like I did a disservice to the other two hours I had on because I didn't ask this, but no, I have to ask this. What, who's your top five?
0: No order. No order. Okay, I'm going to give you a solid top five, right? But I know, I just know that people are going to... Now, that that last question, I was like, they're going to kill me for this one. (laughs) They're not going to be mad at that. This right here, I feel like this gets artists killed right here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Say goodbye to all your political connects. (laughs)
0: sorry to anybody I there, but no order my top five <sighs> okay I'ma say I'ma put young jeezy in there I'ma put J. Cole in there I'ma put yeah so so right now I so say I got young jeezy J. Cole even though I only know a few of his songs. I don't know a whole lot of his songs. His like rhymes and stuff is really influential on like my, my rhymes and stuff like that. So I'm gonna say Andre 3000. Then I'm gonna also say Young Thug, cause I just love his music. I really love Young Thug's music. And me.
1: And you? <laughs> i'm not mad at that <laughs> that's what's up that's what's up jay cole's also he's on my top five too that's it's,
0: some, it's some it's some it's some honorable mentions though you know like you know i got kendrick in there you know what i'm saying i like i like the uh oh and all that some of your stuff be sliding but not all of it oh you said oh yeah like kodak black like boy that's my guy you know kodak like, I got a lot of honorable mentions, you know. I like a lot. It's so many. I can't even think about all of them, you know what I'm saying? I got to get Wheezy in there. You know, I love Wayne. Bro, it's so many. I, I love music. I listen to so many different artists. So, like, mm-hmm. even even the old Chris Brown. I'm not too much of a fan of the new Chris Brown, but I like the old Chris Brown. There's a
1: big difference in Chris Brown throughout the ages. Yeah, yeah. yeah for a lot of around. reasons, but... Yeah.
0: It's different, you know. I like T Pain, but I love T Pain's music. Rick Ross, I, it's, I like. I got an all-star team, but those my top five. Like, so I got yeah. I I take that note. Jeezy, Andre, Three Stats, We, Cole. Hey, Who did I say I leave leaving not? You said Jeezy, Cole, Andre, Three Thousand, Young Thug, young and
1: thug. you, and Young Thug.
0: Yeah, I that's, like that list That's my top five.
1: Hmm. So in that Jeezy versus Gucci versus you were you were going for Jeezy?
0: I I wasn't though. I, I like both of them. I just Jeezy music, even though I like Gucci Man music, Jeezy music I feel like it resonates with me more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I like when I listen to him, I like I can like picture it better.
1: I'd like to welcome you all to join me in the Boss Locks Village. It's a way for you to directly support me and the show as we continue to reach new growth. The thing is, I need help. And I mean, there's a lot that I can do, but your support will empower me to take this podcast to a new level. So if you're not driving, go ahead and take a second to click the link in the description and sign up to be a part of the Boss Locks Village. Let's grow together. Alright, well I want to transition into your natural hair journey and I'm actually excited to talk to you about this because I think um so there's something about just like the, the Florida lock style that's just so unique. You know, it's like you see some real like wild stuff that I've never seen anywhere else, you know. So um I mean to start it all off though, like how, how long have you had locks?
0: Um about, oh about to be a year actually.
1: About to be a year. That's what's So, um, what, what, why did you decide to start growing locks?
0: Honestly, because I had been like, like the, some of the stuff that I had went through and stuff like that. I had grew my hair like a long time before I grew my hair, and I felt like when my hair was really long, I was prospering, right? And then I went through some stuff, and I like cut my hair. And when I cut my hair, I felt like, man, it's like my energy and stuff is just not as good right now. Hmm. I don't have my hair. So I decided to grow my hair back. And as I've been like growing my hair back, I've been like, I feel it. You know, like my hair gives me like, you know, it's like some strength. It's like some extra like wisdom or something. It's some extra little mojo in my hair that like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a... uh uh, intangible force almost,
1: you know what I'm saying? I like that answer. Yeah, that's that's what's up. I, I definitely feel it. I know um hmm, I don't remember when I first started my lock journey. I think um I definitely felt different. I mean just for starters when people kind of compliment you on it, I just remember some people being like, oh yeah, you're looking like a like a especially when I have my locks kind of in front, they're like, oh yeah, looking like a Pharaoh almost a like king. <laughs> like royalty. I don't know if they say pharaoh just because I'm black, but I, I, I liked He's it
0: though. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you heard him. Like I just told you who I am. A girl. That's right.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, that I was definitely loving all that. But yeah, I think um, there's something different when it comes to like having natural hair, but especially locks. Like it just it. I don't know. I think someone else could probably give more of like a spiritual type of answer, but I think there's different type of energy there, just within yourself and also outwards and things you attract. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in regards to the Florida hairstyle, can you kind of speak to speak to the world a little bit about what it's like to, or what type of things you've seen and what it means to have locks in Florida?
0: See, in Florida, this would be like you know, this is this is like a mild case. You know, mm-hmm. so if the most extreme case would be like three dreads, or just two dreads, or just one dread, you know, all together. And I think that really comes because, like, you know, in Florida we so close to the islands and stuff like that that we have a lot of different other cultures and influence that play a part of that. So you know, the type of um, people that come there, you know, it's a lot of like Jamaicans and and stuff that's there too so all of that kind of blends in you know they wear dreadlocks too just like you know we wear dreadlocks so the style of the dread like you know the more thickness of it and you know i think that just plays more part of like to our location and like our access to different cultures is easier than the rest of the country you know so like person that's in chicago if they go dreads it might just be you know a bunch of single dreads like i might have maybe 40 dreads altogether or 30 dreads altogether, but a, pers- a, a person from mo- more up north or a northern region will have a bunch of dreads, you know, hundreds of dreads. So I think it just comes from, like, just the location and our uh, access to different cultures.
1: Mm. That's a good point right there. I think that, and yeah, you're definitely right. Like I think, uh, especially on the, the southern coast, definitely more kind of direct ties to, Um, other cultures in our history I know in Charleston the Gullah Geechee culture is strong and I took that for granted when I was living there man so that's that's definitely (laughs) something I want to dive back into because that's like literally the closest you could get to some of the African cultures is right there in that Gullah Geechee community
0: word
1: yeah yeah like
0: now I want to check it out
1: Got to. I got to do some type of. It's two things I want to do. Definitely some like deep dive into the Gullah Geechee experience, and also go down to Florida to see all the different styles, lock styles, and everything.
0: Go to my Miami got the the wildest ones, probably. Yeah. You know, and then then again, it's all over though. Florida. Like Jacksonville, they all got a similar style. You know, Orlando, Central Florida got a similar style. But Miami, I think the reason their style like that is because most of the guys down there is more Haitians and stuff down there, more Jamaican, so it's more islanders. So theirs, theirs look different. It's more like uh, a flat kind of dread.
1: Mm.
0: It's not necessarily like, like how mine, are kind of, they're, they're fat, but they're round. Mm-hmm. You know, down there, theirs are more like just flat.
1: Gotcha. Kind of together hmm. So when you look at your own hair, and um like do you consider it more of a hairstyle or a lifestyle?
0: I think it's a lifestyle because a, a hairstyle is something that you could do that doesn't that just alters your appearance. It doesn't mm-hmm. alter or affect anything else in your life. But when you have dreads, that alters everything else in your life. Like in a social aspect, you know, it doesn't change the way you eat or anything. Don't change the way you, you know, do your day to day. But it's gonna change the way you are in a social setting. Like when you go to a store, it's gonna change the way people look at you and how people perceive you. You know, so I definitely think it's a lifestyle.
1: I agree with that. Yeah, that ties back to what you are saying as far as like the the different energy you get in life when you had longer hair versus shorter hair
0: hmm yeah they go judge you
1: okay that's fast do you think um since you started your lux how have people uh reacted to it
0: <laughs> um i i feel like i, I get mixed signals because you know sometimes i like to put them in my, you know, my real deal, my Florida style. I like to wake them up. I put them all together. So I probably have like, you know, five dreads all together. So when I go out looking like that, you get mixed signals. You get some people that be like, you know, they just look and you could tell they're talking about you. Cause you know, everybody got the mask on now. So <laughs> you lean towards somebody and lean in. I, I know you're talking about me. And then you have like the the old white ladies who actually will be like, Oh, I like your hair. <laughs> So, that's that's a plus. <laughs> uh, that it shocked me, though. Know, that that happened to me at Aldi. That's why I said, because I was at Aldi and uh, had my hair like all wicked up. You know, I had it freshly dyed, so it was like bright orange. And she's like, "Oh, I, I, love, I love your hair. Like, I like that. That looks really good." And I'm like, "Thank you." And it's like this old white lady. <laughs>
1: Shout out to all these. Got the friendliest customers for real, though.
0: Okay, okay, Sugar mama. Okay,
1: (laughs) you got my groceries.
0: For real.
1: Well, that's the stuff. So, um, I have uh, two more questions for you. Um, one, where can everyone find you?
0: All right. So, if you want to find me, the easiest way and the more universal way is just to go to Instagram. Orange County Roo. So, Orange. Like the fruit county, like the municipal department, and are <laughs> you? You know, just the first two letters of rooster. So yeah, Orange County, Rube, find me there, and then from there you just click the link in my bio if you want to watch some videos or you want to listen to some music or anything like that, or even just send me a message.
1: What's up? Uh, yeah, we need to start. Um... Speaking of sending people messages, you know, because that's um, something I started doing is like have this like voice message thing on the site. But like, I think we oftentimes we just follow people, like, but we don't always like just message or comment, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Send, send me a message, I'm gonna write you back. We're gonna talk. I get right.
1: good vibes only. Good vibes only, I like that. Now, uh, second question is, um, is there anything else you want to speak on before we go?
0: Uh. I don't know, man. We we can speak on anything. You know, I speak on so much. I got so much.
1: Go. <laughs> we got time. We got yeah. time. And it-
0: so much to say. You know what? I'm I'm gonna actually speak on it because we talked about like we briefly touched on like how you know we said that that Megan the Stallion situation with the own contracts and stuff like that. Yeah. I did want to speak on like that ties into like you know as as our culture, right? You know, when we're young, we're very impressionable. And those type of situations tie into us like not having like the, the proper financial literacy, you know, to know, you know, how to handle our business so that way we don't end up in those situations. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like for example, a young artist might say as a, a young artist you might come across a hundred thousand dollars you know, in a time span of two months. Most people that that are our age, that's in our generation, most people, they come across a hundred grand, they can go buy the car that they wanted, you know what I'm saying? They can go buy, you know, try to put as much down on the crib they want and go shopping, you know what I'm saying? They might not even buy the crib, they just might even just, you know, go rent the most fire spot and then go shopping or whatever. But then they don't understand, like, how to get in those situations to where they don't have any leverage. But it's like, if you're a young artist, and you come across a hundred grand, and on the opposite end, you say, you know what, let me go buy something with this hundred grand that's gonna make me money. And then, the shit that's making me money, then I go buy all the shit that I want. I can go buy that car, I can go buy that crib, I can go buy that chain, you know, all that shit. But, don't take don't take everything that you work for and then blow it and then now you gotta sell yourself just to get a piece of your your own pie like that's that's working backwards you feel me so i i think should the solution to that is people should just start practicing you know their financial literacy like just start practicing ways to make your money make money like Work hard. Work. Put two, three years in and stack up. You know, as much money as you can. It might take you three years to to save eighty thousand dollars, or it might take you three years to save a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that's cool. Wait the three years, get your hundred grand, and then don't spend that hundred grand and blow it all. Just take the hundred grand, spend all of that shit to buy something that's gonna make you some money. And then once you that shit start making money, then you can. You could splurge because you got an endless supply of fucking money. You got a money printer now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's my message, though. Just don't work backwards. Buy you a money printer.
1: I like that. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think, um... Hmm. That's interesting, know. Yeah, I guess we did kind of speak on already, but just like the act of signing that deal... um. You know, I, I actually, I remember the first time I held a $100 bill and I was like, yo, that's actually wild. And, like, it it sounds small, but I remember I was in college. I was a server and at Applebee's. I don't know why they had... I think just, like, the, the week's worth of tips or whatever just ended up finally being at the $100. And they gave me a $100 bill instead of the stacks. I was just kind of... kept it for a while. It's like, yo, this feels good. And I think when you... Are presented with just like a certain amount of money you've never seen before. It's like you don't even know what to do with it. Like yo, I got money I've never had. I could do anything. Cause like a hundred dollars, thousand dollars, that's like something that a lot of people never have at one time. And that's like it's like what what are you supposed to do with it? Like I could do anything. Like I remember I went to Miami for spring break one time and I had my my refund check from <laughs> school. I was like I was just like yo, you got a money. It's all good. I got you. Like we're we're all gonna live it up. That's the black yeah, for real, for real,
0: though. <laughs> yeah, man,
1: I, I left Miami broke by the way. <laughs>
0: oh, man,
1: yeah, but I didn't regret it because I live, I like that's experience, I'll never forget. You but
0: you can't regret it, you can't regret it. Money mm. is accessible, man. You just gotta figure out how to buy a money printer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A bunch of different kind of money printers, you know. Like, like you say, we, we might not know what to do with it, but that's okay if you if your plan is to, you know, like I say, spend two or three years and get that, you know, 100 grand or whatever, or 200,000, whatever it may be, then you, that means you have two years to figure it out. Like, right. You, you can figure that shit out. So some people be like, man, I'm not trying to spend a year learning how to do this. Okay. So if you don't do that, then what else are you going to do for the whole year? True. So you're going to spend a year. It's more it's more valuable to you to spend a year doing nothing, than it is to spend a year at least learning how to do something.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point because, like, you on your journey, like, you already know how to put out your own music everywhere. You know, you're working on putting together that straight team. So by the time the label comes through, it's like the things that they would do for you, you already know how to do, and you got people to do who do it. So, exactly. yeah,
0: <laughs> people have to want to put the work in, man. It's not. It's not easy, bro. It's, it's it's easy, but it's not easy. Like it's not easy to like change your mindset. But once you change your mindset, it's easy to do everything. Like it's easy to get on the internet, and drop a song. Like I can get, I can leave, I can get off this chat and go drop a song right now. True. <laughs> you know? It's very easy. I can go to the park today and have Ebony shoot clips and drop a video tonight if I wanted to. You know. So right. Like, the aspect of doing it is super easy. It's just you got to change your mindset and be like, I'm going to do this now. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I play video games, but I play, it. you know, it's free time. It's like, you can't play video games all day. You got to like, if it's the middle of the day, you're playing some games. You're like, you know what? I want to do this. Go right. do it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people talk about it. Like, oh, when I get big, I'm going to do this. When I get big. But it's like, they don't finish the rest of the story. It's like, what comes before when I get big? Mm. Like, what did you do? What are you going to do to get big? That's a good point. Got to finish the story. Same way when people be like, when people talk about violence, that's why I don't rap about violence, because people talk about violence and they don't finish the story. They be like, if such and such try me, I'm going to shoot his house up. And then that's all they say in the song, but they don't—they don't never finish the story. They're supposed to be like, "This is how the story's supposed to go." It's supposed to be like, "If such and such try me, I'm gonna shoot his house up, and then I'm gonna miss, and they're gonna get mad, and they're gonna come back, and they're gonna kill me, and then my kids gonna be orphans." That's the whole story. True. <laughs> you know <laughs> that—that's the whole story. Why
1: they don't say that in the rap? They just say the first piece. Facts. That's true, man. It's almost, it's almost misleading, really. Because the music, whether you think it is or not, it definitely influences. You're not saying here and that's going to make you go do that, but it still like paints that idea in your picture. Like, oh, that's that's it. That's cool. And then we just go back to doing what we were doing. But now nah, there's, there's uh, repercussions to everything. Yeah,
0: you got to tell them, like, oh, then somebody gonna see you do it and you're gonna have to spend twenty thousand dollars on a lawyer. You're like, hold on, wait, I ain't even I don't have 20 grand. I know. But you're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. Yeah. I try to teach people a different way. I done been through a lot of shit. So I try to teach people a different way to not go through anything that I've been through.
1: Mm-hmm. So if you're
0: already going through it i'm gonna show you how to get out of it as smooth as possible and still maintain your morality
1: that's key i think that's part of what's missing like people want to just yeah share the highlights but not really the the what happened after what happened before and just really because i think it's, it's like i mean it is key to show the highlights so people could aspire to this or that but we got to see the struggle too like the reality of it, the, the misses, the L's, all that stuff, so we know how to go through things as smooth as possible, how to react and kind of be more proactive to certain things, so we know when we're in those situations what to expect and what type of moves we got to make.
0: That's, that's why I'm always, if I speak on it in, in one of my songs or something, I always give enough information for someone to, to grasp the concept and understand it. I don't need nobody hanging my thread. You know, if, you. If, I, if I'm literally if I'm in a verse and I'm talking about in that verse something that I did that was bad I guarantee it before the end of that verse I'm going to tell you the consequence that I suffered for that
1: mm.
0: you know what I'm saying but if I told you something I did was good I'm going to tell you the outcome you know vice versa I'm not going to just tell a piece of a story you
1: gotta be honest with the listeners
0: yeah that's what people like it's a it's it might take longer, cause you're gonna be gaining real fans. You're not gonna be gaining people that just entertained by what the hell you did. You're gonna be gaining real fans, people that's gonna listen to everything and all your stuff. And the people that listen to the music that you're gaining because you're being so real, those are people that's listening to you every day. You know what I'm saying? And you just steady gaining those type of followers. So when you get older and they get older. Those people don't got older with you, so now they love you. Like, look at Jay-Z. He got fans that have been his fans since they were, like, 19 or 20. All now right. 40, 45, they're still his fan.
1: That's a good point. It actually reminds me, I almost don't even want to mention his name, but I feel like he's he a good lesson. <laughs> but, like, Takashi 69 you know, like, he, he's the biggest example of, like, trolling and clout chasing. Like, now people don't even mention him. Like, no one really cares about him whatsoever. Trying to get on shows, people like no, I'm good. Like, you need me. It's like, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) I'm
0: good. That is a prime example of clout chasing going wrong. Mm -hmm. He did what he did, and he clout chased and it got him nowhere.
1: Yeah, like it worked for a minute because he's like the only thing anyone ever talked about, but now it's like,
0: yeah, but with the lifestyle that he has, how long until that well runs dry? Mm. When you like. Bro, I've been, I have I have experienced karma in all levels. And when you think you get spared, it doesn't spare you. Right when you think he's spared, that's when she'd be like, oh yeah, he thought it was a game? Not not. So, you can't think like that. Like his his. Some people might have think he won. Like, oh, we didn't do no jail time. That yeah, but he's not going to win in the end. You know what I'm saying? You got to be thinking ahead. Like You can't be thinking for the the next week. You gotta be thinking, like, how I'm gonna win 10, 15 years from now. Because he might be, to him, he might be winning now, but in five, six years, when that money running dry, you know, people don't care about his music as much, because his fans right now done got older, you know what I'm saying? So now they they outgrew him, because he can't grow with them. You know what I'm saying? So, that's just gonna die off. He gonna be that dude that fell off, and somewhere... I just want money in the bank
1: all right, that is a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Boss Locks Podcast. If you like today's episode, make sure you're subscribed and following us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And don't forget to check out the links in, in our description to learn more about our guests, how you can support our show, you can leave us a voice message, and become a member of the Working Wall Black Facebook group. Thank you all for listening today, and we'll see you Tuesday for our next
0: episode. Baby, please don't stress me out. I just wanna have some fun. I know bang too much But that's fine, I'll chase his momsy. She don't love him, but she loves me. Feelings mutual, baby. Trust me, baby, trust me.